Hello, and welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis. I'm Kate Reagan. We haven't uh, done a podcast in a couple of weeks, partially because I have been super swamped at work, and Kate has been super swamped at work her work yes we work we work a lot we're poor we don't have a lot of money it's great starving yeah we're we're starving artists (laughs) anyway um this week's podcast is a story uh by cooper anderson the title is a bedtime story yeah so maybe you're getting ready for bed and this would be the perfect time to listen to a bedtime story or maybe it's the middle of the day and you're just listening to this podcast because someone told you to. Or maybe you found it on your own, in which case, good for you. Anyway. Gold um, star. I will introduce the piece, and Kate will read it, and then we'll talk about it. After graduating college, Cooper Anderson went on to live in Japan for a couple of years. Then he earned his master's degree in creative writing from the University of Glasgow in Scotland. You can find other examples of his work in Flash Fiction Magazine, The Dime Show Review, and The Coffin Bell Journal. You can follow him on Twitter at CooperTheWriter. A Bedtime Story by Cooper Anderson I was nine years old the last time my dad told me a bedtime story. This, he said as I snuggle under the covers, is the oldest story I know. It is the story of me, and in a way, you. The first thing I remembered was being trapped in a circle, unable to move. Couldn't you just step out of it? I asked with all the eagerness and naivety of nine-year-olds everywhere. It wasn't that kind of circle, son, he explained. It was the kind you could step into, but not out of. The second thing I remember was a man dressed in purple robes. See, he was a bishop sent from the church to hunt me down, to punish me for all the bad things I've ever done, and I had done a lot of bad things. I frowned at this, for I could not imagine my father ever doing anything wrong. I still can't. As I laid there, it snared by the magic of that circle. The bishop called me a demon, and he was not wrong. Not back then. The bishop spoke to me in a language I could not understand, and when he was done, he raised an arm to me where something slick and purple sat in the palm of his hand. What was it? I asked. A heart, said my father. The heart of the last person I ever killed. I could not tell if he was joking then, but I was curious and wanted to hear the rest of the story, so I said nothing and pulled my blanket closer. With a final curse upon his breath, the bishop stared into my eyes and pressed the heart deep into my chest. Don't worry, reassured my father after seeing the look on my face. It wasn't painful. At least, not in the way that you think it might. Weren't you hurt? I was everything, said my father. Sad, hurt, Angry, overjoyed, I'd never had a heart before. It was all so much. He paused then, as if remembering something from far away. I cried. I cried for so very long. I looked at him then, unsure of what to do or say. It was not like my father to talk like this, even during a bedtime story. 
let's see, how can I describe it? Do you remember what it was like on your first day of kindergarten, and how everything was new, and you didn't know what to do first, so you cried until I came and got you? I nodded, embarrassed of my younger self. It was like that, only more. It's taken me a long time, and I've made many a mistake along the way, but I've learned that a heart is a heavy thing, and there are rules for having one. He scratched at his salt and pepper beard, searching for the right words. A heart can hurt you. It can lead you astray. By definition, it's where you're at your most vulnerable. But a heart can also heal, and often teaches us as it does so. And if you're lucky enough to find the right gardener, a heart can also bloom. My father sat there at the end of the bed watching over me, just as he had done every night for as long as I could remember. You can even give it away if you want, said my father. Most people do. However, I'm sure that's something you'll find out for yourself when you're older. He smiled at me then in the dim light of my bedroom. You're my heart now, son. Despite my eagerness to keep listening, sleep was already taking me, and through a long, drawn-out yawn I heard myself say, I love you too, Dad and began to nuzzle the soft embrace of my pillow. The lamp on my bedside table went out with a soft click, and the world was dark. A bristly kiss brushed my forehead, and for the faintest of moments I thought I felt a single hard thump in the center of my chest, but it was gone in an instant. I have to go now, he whispered in my ear. I can't stay here without a heart. That's another rule. Can I have another story tomorrow? I asked, already half asleep. All my father said was, If you're good. The next morning, when I saw that he'd gone, I cried. I cried for so very long. So, a bedtime story. That's kind of morbid. Switching hearts out, finding redemption, losing redemption. Pretty crazy. But it was good. I liked it. It was uh, poignant. It kind of, I don't know, um, the whole redemptive bad guy story is kind of, it's nice when it's justifiable. I like it just because you you don't know what or who the father was beforehand other than what he's just telling his son. So you don't know how heinous of a person he was. But like you said, the kind of the redemptive aspect of it, he's given this heart. So it's like he's given a moral compass. So, you know, he's got all these feelings now. And now I guess he's kind of passing that on to his son. He's giving his son his heart. So... I guess maybe the son doesn't grow up to be like him, kind of. And definitely if he's telling his son what he's done, I assume that he's probably editing it a little bit. So he's probably even worse than we thought he was. Yeah. But, but quite, it gave me a chill down my spine the first time I read it. So I hope it was thrilling for our listeners as well. Yes. 
Um, talking about thrilling things, uh, we are thrilled to be reading all of our submitted stories for summer 2019, working on getting our top ones selected and published on our website, ripplesinspace.com. The selections just keep getting better and better every time. It's like it get, it makes our job that much harder. It is every yeah. period. Yeah. Um, if you would like to enter the Ripples in Space Science Fiction versus Fantasy contest, you should do that before the end of September because that's coming up here in a week. So get them in. A week or two, some odd days, but yes, get them in before it's too late. And then, uh, stay tuned for our fall not winter but fall 2019 uh submission period which will be opening whenever we publish the summer ones <laughs> and hopefully that will be soon as well we have so stay tuned <laughs> we have a calendar we have deadlines we follow them sometimes <laughs> all right well we thank need you. we need a we need a secretary is what we need or yeah. administrative assistant something yes. someone to keep us on our toes <laughs> regardless thank you for listening from all of us here at Ripples in Space, cheers from the void. Talk to you next time.